0: Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710.
1: Welcome to The Experience here on ESPN LA 710. I'm LaFern Cusack. For more information, please log on to ESPNLA.com and go to the podcast page. And, uh, check out more shows or check me out on Twitter. Today we're talking with Dr. Rhonda Randall. She's executive vice president and chief medical officer of United Healthcare. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. Now, you know all about America's health rankings and the annual, annual report for California. Uh, can you tell us some highlights of that?
0: Certainly. Well, this is the 30th year that the United Health Foundation has published the America's Health Rankings Annual Report. It's the longest running population health report of its kind. And it allows us to see how we're doing
1: as a nation and how we're doing as states and communities with 35 different measures of health. A few years ago, San Diego was ranking at the top, but I think they fell off. Can you tell us where we as a state rank? Right. So this year, California has done very well in the rankings. They're at
0: number 12. We're also at number 12 last year. But over the 30 years that we've published this report, California has moved up in the ranking as a general trend. And
1: what has contributed to that?
0: Some of the things that California has as strengths are really around the behaviors of individuals. I mentioned that there's 35 different measures in this report. They fall into four different categories behaviors that we choose as an individual, the community and environment where we live, public policy, the clinical care we receive when we go to the doctor or a hospital, and ultimately how all of those things tie in the outcomes. So California does particularly well in behaviors. We're ranked number two in the percentage of adults who are smoking. That's a measure that has come down nationally over the 30 years of this report and also significantly over the last year. California beats most of the rest of the nation. California also does very well as far as obesity compared to most of the rest of the nation. Really? With about 26% of adults self-reporting as obese. But I will note that that's still too high. The national trend that we're seeing is that obesity has hit an all-time high with about 31% of adults in the United States self-reporting that that their
1: BMI uh, calculated by their height and weight is higher than we know is healthy. Now, I uh, I remember a report that came out saying that we have the highest obesity rate for kids. Uh, so I guess that has gone down as well? So the report that I'm looking at today
0: is a uh, percentage of adults, but we do have a sister report on the health of women and children uh, that, that looks specifically into the health of children at a state level as well. And that came out a few months ago
1: and um, we can also find out more information. Uh, Can you provide the website for us?
0: Certainly, and all of our reports are available at americashealthrankings.org. In fact, on the online report, there are 160 different measures of health that can be uh, looked at at both a national and a state level.
1: Dr. Randall, does also our health care or having premature death rates, does that also help in the rankings for California? It absolutely does. Probably one of the strongest predictors of where some where a state
0: will end up in the ranking. California is number one for premature death. That's a good thing, right? Meaning uh, that measure is looking at years lost before the age of seventy five, and some of the things that play into that are things like cancer and cardiovascular death, the infant mortality rate. Unfortunately, we're seeing premature death. Uh, start to increase in the United States. And that's primarily driven by increases in
1: drug-related deaths and suicides. I know you talked about how governing has helped bring us up in the rankings. So do you know what contributed to lower premature death rate and infant mortality?
0: So for the state of California, like you said, many of the things that go into that report are the infant mortality rate, cardiovascular and cancer death, drug death, and suicide. And when you look at each of those measures individually, California is ranked number five for infant mortality, also ranked number five for cancer death. You're ranked number seven for drug-related death. So you're in the top 10 for many of those other measures
1: that ultimately have an effect on the premature death rate. So is it more information that's getting out there? I, I think it's a combination of different things. You know, when you look at where California is doing very well, by
0: far and away, individual behaviors. You do very well with the choices that individuals are making: not smoking, being physically active, watching your weight, uh, avoiding substance use disorder by uh, uh, avoiding starting those drugs that lead to drug deaths in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then there are some other areas. You have great access to dentists, for example. Um, Babies are born at a normal birth weight in California, much higher than uh, other states in the nation. For example, you have a low rate of preventable hospitalization. So there's a lot of things contributing to that. And then there are some areas that even at number
1: 12 where California is challenged. And what are some challenges that we face? Probably the one that uh, is the most
0: outstanding is air pollution. So, California, unfortunately, is right number 50 for air quality. That is a measure that comes from the EPA, and it looks at um, micrograms of fine particles per cubic meter. And why is that important to our health? Well, particularly individuals who have any risk of chronic lung disease, think about somebody who has asthma or COPD, emphysema, lung cancer, and the risk of them having an exacerbation or not being able to go outside and take a walk uh, because the air quality is not good. So that's a concern for sure. Another area that California could do better, high school graduation. You're ranked number 34th in the nation for the high school graduation rate. And why that ties to better health is that we know that individuals who finish high school are more likely to do better on most of the other measures in this report. We believe that there's a correlation between having higher socioeconomic status if you finished high school, having a higher income, having employment, and therefore insurance through your employer, and also higher health literacy the ability
1: to understand those complex uh medical information that your physician gives you. Mm yeah that's that makes a lot of sense. Dr. Randall uh, can we go over some of the highlights again of this past year like uh excessive drinking has decreased and some disparity you're talking about health health status
0: certainly so when we look over the last year and the last several years of this report we do see, as you mentioned, in California, excessive drinking decreased 8%. That's good news. The, that's excessive drinking among adults. And it asks two questions. This comes from a survey that the CDC does, the telephonic survey of adults. And it asks how many drinks on average per day, per week. Um, so we're looking at chronic use of alcohol as well as binge drinking uh, and California is ranked number 23 for that, but has made an improvement over the last year. So that's good news. You also mentioned a disparity in health status. That's looking at whether somebody did finish school or not. How different is their health status? And nationally we see a Big difference in health status based on whether or not somebody finished high school. The difference is a little smaller uh, this year in California than it was historically. So closing the gap on that uh, in California has contributed to uh, continuing to keep you high in the rankings. Uh, we also see some things that went in the wrong direction. Physical inactivity increased <laughs> in California by 10%. So, really? so I mentioned earlier. I mentioned earlier that you do well on uh, individual behaviors, and you're still ranked number 10 in the nation for that measure. So you're doing better than 40 of the other states. However, that increase
1: is concerning. Yes, I, I think I might be part of that. Uh, <laughs> I need to get off the couch more, right?
0: Yeah, you know, that that uh, finding something that, that gives you joy in physical activity, whether it's gardening or walking the dog, whatever it, is, whatever it is that you're going to stick with. We know that that's very protective for your health over the long term. It's, it's protective from uh, things like diabetes and heart disease and cancer. But it's also important, particularly as you age, You know, being a geriatrician, it's important that uh, seniors maintain their ability to live independently at home and physical activity is a big part of that.
1: Yes, indeed, and it increases your level of what is that that makes you happy and and being more yeah your
0: your neurochemicals things like dopamine and serotonin. They're absolutely, they're they are na- the endorphins create that naturally.
1: Yes, I interviewed a gentleman for the Clean Air Initiative that happened back in October, and they had more people sign up uh, to contribute to uh, Clean Air California, but. You were also saying that since 2012, air pollution increased here in California. Yeah, it concerns
0: us as going in the wrong direction. Uh, It's a measure that we look at in, in all 50 states, and for the 30 years that we published this report, California has had higher rates of air pollution uh, than
1: the average state. Hmm, that's sad. Hopefully, we could turn that around. What about uh, sexually transmitted diseases? So, we look at um, one uh, sexually transmitted disease as a marker in this report for other sexually transmitted
0: diseases. And the one that we measure in this report is chlamydia that has increased 43% in California in the past. Decade and one of the you know, reasons that we started to see an early indicator about a decade ago that that was going up nationally. And we believed initially it was because of better detection physicians are screening for that more often. But as it continues to rise, it's now an indication that it's not just better screening, but that it is uh, a certainly a uh, infectious disease that is being transmitted. Uh, and it gives us concern.
1: And you also talked about cardiovascular deaths, how they de- decreased. Yeah, you know, they decreased in California, which is good news. But unfortunately, nationally,
0: we're seeing an in- increase. So we mentioned that the, the premature death rate, uh, the years lost before the age of 75 has started to uh, come down in the United States. One of the reasons for that is cardiovascular deaths have started to rise nationally. We believe that there is a strong correlation between those behaviors that we talked about earlier, like obesity, physical inactivity, and diabetes, leading to that rise in cardiovascular deaths. For the first 25 years of this report, cardiovascular deaths were on the decrease, primarily driven by good clinical care. Uh, Everybody knows what to do if you have chest pain and you get great care if you go to the emergency room with chest pain. No matter what, Hospital you go to in the United States have great protocols around that. So we've gotten better about treating cholesterol and high blood pressure. But what this goes to show us as a nation is that we can't medicalize ourselves out of uh, unhealthy choices as far as our own lifestyles are concerned. In California, however, cardiovascular deaths have decreased 37% since we started doing this report in 1990. But the, the more recent trend in the last couple of years at least for California, is a leveling off of that success. And nationally, we're starting to see it go back in the wrong direction.
1: So of all of the California highlights that you talked about, would you say that uh, the air pollution is the worst and the cardiovascular is the best in, in when it contributes to our status? Yeah, so uh, the the online tool has some great
0: interactive things that you can take a look at to see what's really driving California uh, to be at number 12. And you are spot on the the number one measure that is holding you back from being in the top 10 is air quality. And the number one measure that is keeping you high in the ranking is the low rate of smoking.
1: Ah, yes. Okay. So I I mean, I love that here in California we it, it feels like we are take being more accountable for our actions and how we take care of ourselves. is that a is that a good you know conclusion to all the stuff that you've uh, provided for us? Yeah, I absolutely think it is I think for for the most part,
0: Individuals in California are making really good choices when it comes to regard to their personal health. Uh, the only one opportunity that I would highlight is something that we talked about, which is high school graduation. There's, there, California would do even better in this ranking if more individuals finished high school. Uh, and, uh, so that would be the one area as far as individual behaviors. That I might put some focus on as a community. Uh, other other uh, things to look at besides air quality certainly would be those uh, increasing rates of infectious diseases that concerns us, and many of them vaccine preventable. So there's an opportunity for more children to be vaccinated in California. You're ranked 39th in the nation for children getting their vaccinations, uh, for example. So there's there are there are good news in this report for California, and there's opportunities as well.
1: (laughs) I like that. There are opportunities. There's always opportunities to get better. (laughs) I love that. You also uh, go over the national highlights. So when you talk about California, we're doing great when it comes to not smoking. Overall, the national highlight is that among adults, it has decreased, correct? Yes, and that's probably the brightest spot in
0: this report. So, we've seen over the last 30 years of this report, in 1990, the percentage of adults who were smoking cigarettes in the U.S. was about 31%. Today, it's about 16%. So, it's almost been cut in half over three decades, and this past year, it decreased 6%. So, that's good news. That's still too many adults smoking, 16%, Mm -hmm. I would say, but it's been really nice progress as a nation. And most of that decrease has happened because children haven't begun smoking in the first place. Mm. And one of the things that is an emerging trend that's concerning us is the use of e-cigarettes and vaping. We've included that this year as a supplemental measure. Only 36 states are reporting that today, and they're only reporting it for adults. So it's something that we want to trend and follow
1: uh, over the next couple of years. And uh, again, we talked about infant mortality, and it that has decreased nationally as well.
0: Yes, again, good news, the infant mortality rate is at an all-time low since we've been reporting this. Uh, we have approximately 1,200 fewer infant deaths just in the last two years, but there's opportunity here as well. So even though we're doing better as a nation than we ever have in the past, we're still about 1.5 times higher than other developed nations in the world with our infant mortality rate. And then if you look at the difference in states, actually California does very well uh, in this measure. You're ranked number five. But California has a significantly lower infant mortality rate than many other nation, many other states in our nation. The difference is quite substantial when you look at the ranking of uh, the range of infant mortality in the states that are at the top of the ranking versus the states that are in the bottom 10.
1: Would you know the ones that are in the bottom 10 and what contributed to that?
0: Massachusetts is ranked number one this year for infant mortality. And the state that has the greatest opportunity to improve is the state of Mississippi. And there is a about threefold increase in the difference of infant mortality from Massachusetts to Mississippi. Uh, so it's just a really great example of something that we know is preventable generally by very good and frequent prenatal care, uh, often infant m- mortality and maternal mortality are related to each other. And we know that uh, moms who are not getting prenatal care are at much higher risk of uh, having not only a risk for their own health and their own life, but the health and the life of their child.
1: Would that also include, uh, like you were talking about, not graduating from high school? And not you can't, you, you can see some correlations. Uh, you know, often we see that the
0: states that are at the bottom of the overall ranking are also the ones that are the most challenged to improve their infant mortality rate.
1: Wow, this is just so fascinating. So let's move on to diabetes. Can you talk about the highest prevalence uh, of in the America health rankings for diabetes?
0: Yeah, that concerns us very much. You know, we, we've been following uh, trends like obesity and physical inactivity for quite some time, and and um, have been warning about diabetes becoming an epidemic. And and unfortunately, that's proven true. Diabetes has hit an all time high since we've been. Reporting it in the America's Health Rankings Report, in fact, it's increased 148% over
1: those three decades. My goodness.
0: And uh, it has increased in all 50 states. Uh, And obesity uh, has increased 166%
1: since 1990. Wow. That is something. So. Um, hmm, why do you think that is? Is it Does it include what you were talking about before that contributes to, you know, high school and to... Yeah. Well, we know that there's a very strong correlation between obesity and
0: physical inactivity and diabetes. And then once you have diabetes, there's a very high correlation with cardiovascular death, right? Diabetes uh, with that, particularly type 2 diabetes, which is the one that is, avoidable, delayable, or preventable uh, with physical activity, with good clinical care, with getting your weight down. Sometimes even just 5 to 10% weight loss can help ward off or delay uh, or avoid the diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. That high blood sugar attacks your small and large blood vessels. And so the number one reason that Individuals who have diabetes are at highest risk for kidney failure and end up on dialysis, or at risk of losing a particularly a lower extremity because of poor circulation. That uh, how diabetes affects the feeling in your feet, and also the small vessels in your extremities. It also affects your eyes and can lead to uh, loss of eyesight and even blindness. And of course, your heart. We know that individuals who have diabetes are at much higher risk of having a heart attack or stroke than those who don't have diabetes
1: oh my goodness so yeah i was going to ask you well how do people lose their limbs if they have diabetes so the circulation is cut off from particular limbs
0: so it's a combination of the fact that the the high blood sugar is attacking your blood vessels and at the same time it's damaged your nerves so you don't feel it when you get a cut and if you connect can imagine a situation where you don't have the best circulation already, and now you have an infection, it's hard to heal.
1: Oh, 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 my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm thinking about all, all the people that I know with diabetes. And one of them had a cut on his leg and it Got infected, and I'm like, well, the, people were like, oh, because he has diabetes. I'm like, well, how did, how did the diabetes cause it to, you know, get infected? I don't, I, I just didn't know. So thank you for letting me know that. There's hope, right? It is we can prevent it. We can at least delay it.
0: Uh, you can even reverse it um, with good behaviors and good clinical care. So making sure that you're seeing your primary care physician, that you're getting screened for diabetes uh, and understanding what your blood sugar is so you have the information that you can make those
1: choices and make those changes if, uh, if you need to. Yes, that's something that we can do. I know that there has been an increase of suicides among college students this past year. Can you talk about the national suicide rate? Yeah, that's a, that's a really sad that we continue to see the suicide rate
0: on the rise. It's a supplemental measure in this report, and so it gives us an opportunity to take a look at uh, some of the contributions to that premature death rate. Suicide has increased 4% in the past year, and at, over the course of the time that we've been doing this report, Uh, there's been a substantial increase in the suicide rate. Uh, and that, that concerns us. Uh, you know, if you look at the range of the rate of suicide, uh, per every 100,000 people in the population, uh, the state that is ranked the lowest in the U.S. is 8.4. So that means 8.4 individuals per every thousand, uh, were died due to intentional self-harm, mm. and then the state that is the most challenged with that measure was Montana with nearly 30 individuals per every 100,000 uh, with their death certificate say, saying their death was uh, due to intentional self-harm.
1: Oh, my goodness. And do you know what why that is? We do know that there's really strong correlations uh, between suicide and some of the other
0: measures that we look at in this report. Okay. Frequent physical distress, those who have um, more chronic conditions, for example, uh, frequent mental distress, uh, at- that that measure in particular looks at those who self-report that they um, feel mental distress more than 14 days a month. We know that those two measures, both physical and mental distress, have a strong correlation with the suicide measure. Some of the other ones that are uh, also related are things like the access to mental health providers. And oh. it's good news that we've seen an increase in the number of licensed mental health professionals uh, in this report, it increased 5% over the past year, or so more individuals are pursuing careers and getting licenses, mental health professionals, and the access to them and the availability of those who are specialty trained to help us with uh, behavioral health conditions and frequent mental distress uh, is important.
1: Now, um, that brings me to some, some towns, they may not have access to a hospital or to care, like within a hundred miles. Do you guys contribute that as well? Like how far away they are from getting the help they need? The report doesn't tell us the a- answer to that question directly.
0: However, the question that you asked is exactly the way that we want local public health officials policymakers, and clinical care providers to use this report and ask questions like that. So we do have some some subpopulation data available on our website, americashealthrankings.org, and it can give you insight as to rural versus urban, where are the disparities, where is the opportunity, but understanding you know, on a per capita basis, where the where the need is from a population standpoint and where those licensed professionals are practicing uh, is absolutely the way that we want this report to be asked. And that data is generally available by your state public health department.
1: So, Dr. Randall, a lot of talk about the opioid crisis was going on as well. And I know that drug deaths has increased 104 percent is Drug overdose, does that count for suicide or they totally separate the two? They're two
0: separate measures, but they are correlated. So one one of the other measures that does have a strong correlation between uh, suicide is drug-related death.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about the drug deaths and how that increased and in, in the correlation between that?
0: Yes. So we've seen drug deaths increase. in our nation since 2016. Over the course of that three years, what does that mean? That means 53,000 additional deaths uh, due to drug-related causes. And, again, that's based on what the uh, medical examiner has put on the death certificate. Very concerning. Uh, We have uh, done a great deal as a nation to focus on the avoidance and the treatment of opioid use disorder, uh, but we're starting to see uh, it's not in this report, but what we're starting to see is although the uh, opioid use disorder from prescription drugs is coming down, that individuals are turning to illegal opioids. Uh, things like heroin, for example, to replace uh, what what was a prescription drug in the past. So we're continuing to see those drug deaths on the rise. And it's to all causes, not just opioids.
1: Now, how long have you been part of this uh, annual report? I've been part of this annual report for uh, nearly a decade. Wow. Okay. So how have you seen the report change over the years that helps us live a better life? So this report is meant to be a
0: call to action for individuals and their communities. And early on, uh, in the in the early years of this report, I like said it's been published now for 30 years. I think the individuals who used this report uh, at the onset were really the public health community. There's your state health officials have been using this report that long. But over the last decade, we've really seen it be used more robustly by individuals, by community leaders, by public policymakers and elected officials. Uh, so if you want to get better with regard to health, and this report takes into account many different determinants of health within those 35 measures. You have to take an action from all of those different directions. It's got to be what can I do as an individual to prove my own health? What can I do as a leader in my community to influence better health here where we live? If I am an elected official, where are the most meaningful areas that we could put our focus that will help the health of our population improve in our state and also the medical community, right? When you receive clinical care, where are the areas that you are doing really well and you don't want to lose traction on? And then where are the areas that you want to put your focus?
1: Does this report inspire you? Oh, absolutely. It's
0: You can't take action if you don't have good data on where to take the action. Uh, And not only, uh, you know, I've given you mostly a big picture of how things are going in California, but if you were to go on americashealthrankings.org, you can even see where where are the disparities. Uh, You can sort many of these measures by... Uh, age bands, by gender, by r- rural versus urban, by amount of income, whether or not somebody has finished high school or not. So, you can start to, to see, uh, you know, that there may be populations that do really well on a measure that you're not doing so well on, and then there may be populations that are doing poorly on a measure that, as a state, you you appear to be doing very well on. So, that uh, subpopulation data is very powerful as well, and that's giving us targeted information on where we can put the precious limited resources that we have.
1: Wow. Yeah. I'm on the website right now. Again, americashealthrankings.org. Does this break it down into demographics in regards to Black, Hispanic, Caucasian?
0: It does. So it breaks down race and ethnicity uh, for the measures where it's available, right? So the 35 measures in this report come from publicly available data like the CDC, the EPA, the FBI, uh, et cetera. And so any of those measures that the data is available mm-hmm. in a subpopulation, we would populate that on the website. So most uh, individual behaviors, for example, you can see the differences in, uh, for example, those who have finished high school. There's a very strong correlation between finishing high school and having a tendency to smoke less. Oh, okay. But unfortunately, there's also a strong correlation between having a high education and being more likely to uh, have excessive drinking. And that might be because of an increase in disposable income or oh. that it's socially acceptable. So you can see those differences when you look at that subpopulation data on the website.
1: Okay. I want to go back to the diabetes. Again, when. I was interviewing someone a few years ago. They were talking about how the African-American community has a high diabetes rate. I wanted to see if that has gone down or has it stayed the same?
0: Okay. When you look at diabetes overall, we, we definitely see that there are populations that have a higher prevalence of diabetes. Men have a higher prevalence of diabetes than women, uh, American Indian and Alaskan Native. Uh, have the highest rate of diabetes among all race and ethnicities. Those who have less than a high school education have a higher risk of diabetes. Those who have an income less than $25,000 have a higher rate of diabetes than other income levels. And older adults have a tendency to have a higher rate of diabetes than
1: younger adults. Okay, yeah, you guys just, you have all the information here. Again, uh, americashealthrankings.org. This is a lot of great information. And I, I know that there are so many other things I want to ask you, but I can't formulate it because, you know, I'm trying to, it's just a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of information, a lot of great information here. Yeah,
0: but I, I think you hit on the, the, the big themes and the big trends. Uh, not
1: only for the nation, but for California. Yeah. So uh, how long does it take to get all of this information together?
0: It's it's something that we work on Mm -hmm. year-round
1: as uh, the information becomes available. And America's Health
0: Rankings is not only an annual report, but it's a platform where we share data and we look at other uh, spotlight reports as well. Every May for the last seven years, we've done a spotlight report on seniors, So the health of those over the age of 65, for example, and we've done a deep dive report Uh, in September, comes out a report for the health of women and children, where we go deeper into the health measures that are important for uh, both women as well as children. That's our most complex report that has a variety of different measures in it, and we've also done spotlight reports on those who've served in the U.S. Armed Forces. So. I'll hold those four reports together, and the platform on the website includes about 160 different measures of our health. Uh, It really
1: gives you a great snapshot of what's going on at a state level. Am I able to ask you about the U.S. Armed Forces I don't have that information at the top of my head, but I can I can answer high level questions about it. Okay, so in regards to suicide, I saw a couple months ago, the headlines are that uh, there are a lot of suicides now more than ever in our armed forces.
0: As far as suicide are concerned, we do see suicide rates among veterans being one point five times greater than those who have not served in the armed forces, even after adjusting for age and gender. Uh, and that the last time we looked at that measure was in 2016.
1: So if you can give us an overall view of ways that we can affect the change of California, make us go back to number one, that we've been at number one before, right? Or it was just San Diego.
0: I don't believe you've been at number one, but I'll double check. I believe you have been in the top 10. So California actually hasn't cracked the top 10 yet. Number 12 is the highest that California has been in the ranking. So that's a great success. You know, and over the 30 years in this report, uh, the California's lowest ranking was in 1994 where you were ranked number 28 and now number 12 for the past two years. So that's a nice improvement. (laughs) And the top 10, top 10 is reachable.
1: Yes, it is. It is. Can you, uh, give us some tips on how we can, uh, again, Stay up in the rankings here in uh, California and nationally. So for California to continue to do well in
0: the rankings and, and stay in that top cohort and maybe even crack into the top 10, continue to do the things that you already do very well, uh, not smoking, controlling your weight, uh, having a low infant mortality rate, and then at the same time, focus on those areas for opportunity. Air quality being the most significant high school graduation, another one uh, to pay attention to as well as immunizations for children.
1: Ah, yes. Dr. Randall, as Executive Vice President and uh, Chief Medical Officer of United Healthcare, can you tell us some other things that you do to contribute to the health of our society?
0: Well, we certainly want to see people live healthier lives and have the health system work better for everyone. And uh, that really does come from not only having good information, uh, but also having a great experience.
1: Uh, in your healthcare journey. Uh, so that's a big part of our focus at United Health Group. Well, fantastic. You share so much great information. Again, if people want to find out more about the annual report, how can they do that? Go to america'shealthrankings.org. All right. Again, Dr. Rhonda Randall, Executive Vice President of and Chief Medical Officer of United Healthcare. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank
0: you. Have a great day and be well. Thank you. ESPN LA, 710.